Hallelujah. Praise God. Welcome back, friends. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We bless your name today. And we thank you, Lord, that you do indeed hear us when we pray, when we cry to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your faithfulness and for your goodness, Lord. We praise you, Jesus, that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. We praise you and we thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, like David said, Lord, I have been young and now I am old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And we will see, Lord, the goodness 
goodness of God in the land of the living. I praise you and I thank you, Father. We thank you today for your goodness. We lift up your name, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We enter your gates with thanksgiving. We enter your courts with praise. And we glorify you. We magnify your name because your name is is worthy of all praise. You are worthy, Lord. We praise you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in the name of your son, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, the Lord, our righteousness. We praise you today and we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's go together to Psalm 20. Praise God. I pray this finds you well today, friend. I take authority right now over every spirit of fear that's operating in the atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, anything that the enemy is doing that would try and hinder or block the word of God going forth today. In Jesus' name, I bind up every religious spirit and every uh, attack of the enemy to try and rob people of their peace. I break its power right now in Jesus' name. And I release the spirit of God to bring revelation today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to reveal your word to us and, and pour out your presence upon us today uh, Lord in Jesus name we thank you for a fresh anointing we thank you Lord in the name of Jesus that you will strengthen us you know one of my favorite scriptures in times uh, all the time but I really uh, feel it ministers to me anytime that I'm feeling tired or dragged down or, or weak or helpless or whatever you know the enemy tries to bring against you um, it's in Isaiah chapter 40 verses um 29 to to 31 I think and it says you know he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength even the youths shall faint and grow weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord they shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not grow faint they that wait upon the Lord, you know, and um, I just encourage you with that today, friends, that even when you are feeling weak, he is strong. And they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. And that waiting upon the Lord is spending time with him, worshiping him, praising him, magnifying him. So many of us are waiting on, on, on society, on the media and on, on the culture all around us. We're giving our attention and our time to that instead of giving our attention and our time and our focus to the word of God. Because you see, whatever we're focused on, that's what we're magnifying and that's what's going to be the biggest thing in our lives. And so if you're focusing on fear and on dread, they're the things the enemy is putting on your plate. You know, in Psalm 23, it says the Lord lays a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So the enemy is right there. But we have a choice. You know, it's, it's almost like going to a fair and seeing all these stalls. And we have a choice as to which stall, which table we're going to go and eat from. And many people are getting distracted by the enemy and they are unknowingly or ignorantly eating from the enemy's table, taking the delicacies that he's offering that are full of torment and full of, uh, you know, uh, bitterness and, and poison and sickness and all kinds of things. But the Lord says, I will lay a table before you in the presence of your enemies. And he anoints our head with oil. That oil is the oil of the Holy Spirit. And so as we spend time with the Lord, as we talk to him, just like the way you talk to your friends, maybe some of you find it difficult to talk to people. Listen, you can talk to the Lord day or night. You can talk to him, you know, when you're uh, feeling good and when you're feeling low. He is waiting 
to have fellowship time with you. That's what he longs for, your fellowship and your presence in his presence. And when you do that, what happens is, is that his peace uh, floods your heart. His uh, strength floods your physical body, your spirit and your mind. And he strengthens you from within. His word strengthens you from within. The devil's delicacies, they poison you from within and from without. You know, because you, you have this constant atmosphere of, of fear, of terror and of turmoil in the world all around us. Lockdowns and restrictions and this virus. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is that we need to stop focusing on what the devil's doing. And instead focus on what God has done. This is what uh, testimony is about. The testimonies, you know, it says that um, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And uh, I, I was reading recently in a book by Bill Johnson, and I, I, I wrote down what he said. And he said, um, the stories of God's intervention set a legal precedent for the miraculous and testimonies reveal God's heart and they set an atmosphere of expectancy. So when we, uh, you know, when we read the word, when we study the word of God or when we uh, talk to each other and tell each other the things which the Lord has done for us, when we maybe talk to the Lord and thank him for the things he's done for us, what we're doing is we're, we're uh, focusing on, you know, his anointing and his power and we are... Like in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, I think it is. It says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What is the word of your testimony today? What is it that is coming out of your mouth? Because that is what you will have. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if things are difficult for you right now, if there's, if you're in a situation where there's, there's, um, you know, sickness or disease or, or, or whatever the situation is. Maybe it's financial lack. Maybe it's uh, fear for tomorrow, dread about what's going to happen, in, you know, with the virus or with business or whatever. Listen, the thing that you're magnifying is the fruit that you will eat. Because the Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of our tongue. Okay? Death and life is in the power of your tongue. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So whatever fruit, uh, whatever you love, whatever you've been magnifying, that's the fruit you're going to eat. And so it's a, it's a time of, of you know, um, maybe readjustment for all of us to stop and focus and see what we have been focusing on and what have we been allowing uh, to be the, the, the thing that's magnified in our lives. Praise God. But, you know, the, when we... Um, focus on the miraculous, when we look up and, and, and study God's word, when we go into the Gospels and see what Jesus did, you know, he, and when we see the way the Lord delivered his people. Listen, I don't care what's going on in the world. Every time you can look back at, at Moses, you can look back at the, the people of Israel. They were living in, in the land of Egypt and there was all kinds of turmoil going on right there. But they were living in Goshen and, you know, uh, which was like a suburb or a part of Egypt. And <clears throat> when all these disasters were coming upon Egypt, there was, there was darkness all across the land, but there was light in Goshen. 
There was uh, the blood, uh, the river Nile turned to blood, but there was fresh water in, in Goshen. So where the Lord's people were, they were looked after and protected and preserved. And that's what we have to focus on. When Lot was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, and there was all kinds of uh, deprivation going on there, you know, God sent in angels to rescue Lot and his family. And he brought them out and, and protected them and preserved them even in the midst of, of, of Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed. Noah was living at a time on the earth when there was absolute chaos and sin and evil, deprivation. He was mocked, him and his family were mocked for building this huge boat, um, considering that there was, you know, no rain or anything like that had ever been experienced before. But Noah was warning the people and still they wouldn't listen. And yet, when the rain came, you know, Noah and his family were safe and secure inside the ark because God put them in there and he shut the door. And his word proved true. And when the disaster came, they were saved and brought out of there. And so, friend, I encourage you today, no matter what's going on, keep your eyes on Jesus. Remember the scripture in Hebrews? Keep your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So magnify him, like, like Aileen sang. Magnify him, lift up his name, and allow his word to penetrate in your heart. Allow what he has to say to you to be the, the, the guiding light in your life, and not what the enemy is saying, not what the media are saying, not what the, the, the next prediction or doom, uh, prophecy of doom is. Because listen, those people are speaking, uh, just out of the natural intellect. They maybe, and if it's maybe a, a sickness or a disease you're facing, listen, doctors are telling you what they know in the natural. But our God is a supernatural God, and there is nothing impossible to him. And so as we meditate on the miraculous, and, and you know, the, this is the thing, why, why the, the scriptures are written there for us, is to let us see that there is a precedent already for deliverance, for protection, for healing, for wholeness, for soundness, and for, for um, healing to flow. So I, I encourage you with that today in Jesus' name. Get expecting. Expect. Change your expectancy from negativity to hope. Hallelujah. In Psalm 20, if you want to turn there with me. Let's read it together. Psalm 20. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you and we thank you today. I bind up every strong man of fear today in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, today that where my brother, where my sister is right now, that I release uh, the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus to cleanse the atmosphere from all strife, from all fear, from all turmoil, and from all anxiety. I command the spirit of fear and anxiety broken over them today in Jesus' name. And I release the anointing of the Spirit of God, and it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus. I bind up that bondage to the slavery of fear, to every fear mentality. I break its power, and I loose the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, your dunamis, resurrection power into their body, into their mind, into their heart, into their uh, workplace, into their finances, into their family members, their children, Lord, their relationships. I release the dunamis, resurrection power to flow in their lives today in Jesus' name. And I praise you and I thank you for your ministering angels there right now with them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, ministering your peace, your hope, and changing the atmosphere 
to one of great expectancy and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you. Will you read it with me, friend, actually? May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend and protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purposes, all his plans and counsel. We will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember and trust in the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, may the King answer us when we call. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, I release that word today to you. And I thank you, Father. And remember, in Psalm 91, verse 15, it's one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, you know, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise God. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, as we call on you today, Lord. You hear our voice. You hear the cry, Lord, from us. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for bringing uh, your solution now and your intervention into all those situations that are going on with people. And, Lord, we just praise you in the name of Jesus for your help, Lord. Our help comes from the Lord. Praise God. And like Richard is going to give you a scripture just towards the end of this podcast. And it's from Psalm 56. It's one of my favorite Psalms. And it says, you know, what time I am afraid I will trust in you. We have a decision to make. Like I said, which table are you going to eat off today? Whose fare are you going to taste the delicacies? Because let me tell you that when we eat from the Lord's table, we are strengthened, we are, uh, peace comes into our hearts and stability into our lives and his solutions and his plans and his counsel will be fulfilled. Like we read there in, in Psalm 20, he will grant us our heart's desires and fulfill all our purpose. He will fulfill his plans for us. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to do you good and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And if you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. You know, we have to seek him with all our heart and we have to make a quality decision. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow the Lord. And he will bring you out of every, every, every difficulty, every hardship, every turmoil. You will come out victorious in Jesus' name because of who's standing with you, who's holding your hand. Hallelujah. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. It's in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus, today. I thank you for that same anointing is upon our lives, Lord. I thank you, Father, for these, my brothers and sisters, that you will use them, Lord, for your glory, to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, we praise you. We thank you, Father. Will you go with me to Mark chapter 5? 
Alleluia. Mark chapter 5. There's this encounter here with Jesus. This is Mark's gospel. And um, Jesus was with his disciples and he was uh, ministering everywhere he went. And so people had heard about him um, and, and people had rushed through all the towns and villages telling of these great signs and wonders and miracles that were being done by this man. And they called him a prophet because, you know, that's that's all the language they had for him. And... Um, there's this certain woman, um, there's kind of two stories uh, intertwined here, two healings intertwined um, in Mark chapter 5 from verse 21. But I just want to focus on, on this woman right now. Well, okay, let's go read it all together actually because we can't separate it. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Watch now and see what Jairus's, um, what was coming out of Jairus's mouth. This was one of the, the leaders in, in the, the Jewish faith in Israel at the time. He knew all about the word of God, and yet his child was, was, was dying. But when he came to Jesus, he said, if you come and heal her, she will be healed. She will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So you've got this picture here of Jesus, you know, on his way to Jairus' house. Jairus is leading him and trying to make him hurry up. You know, my daughter's dying. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And then all these people are around Jesus trying to, to talk to him, trying to touch him, thronging. So, you know, a throng is, is, is a word that describes really a multitude of people. It doesn't describe a small group. It was a throng. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, here's another woman now who's speaking out of her mouth. Her faith is speaking, okay? And that's what the word says, Jesus said, you know, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So we have to watch to see what is coming out of our mouths because that's what's inside in our hearts. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Um, so... The mouth and the heart are very much linked and the results are manifested in our lives. So she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Okay, there's a spirit of affliction on this woman. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. 
This woman took a major, uh, a massive risk because at that time, when a woman would be having her menstrual cycle, she was to keep away from people for seven days. And this woman had been hemorrhaging and had been bleeding for um, 12 years. So she was in a weakened uh, state. Her health physically had all gone. Her finances had gone because she had gone to so many doctors and none of them could help her. All her money was gone. She was in a completely helpless and, um, you know, weakened state. And there was no hope for her, a hopeless place, I suppose, really. And so she wasn't allowed to go out into the public or be, you know, like there was this throng around Jesus. So according to the law, she should be nowhere near those people because when a person, when a woman, as I say, was menstruating, she had to shout out, unclean, unclean, if she came near anybody because letting them know that she was uh, hemorrhaging or she was bleeding. And so this woman was in such a, a hopeless place. She actually had to crawl on the ground because she said, if, I'm, if only I could touch, touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well, I shall be healed. And so she, you, you just get this picture here of this, this um, crater and she, she trying to, to get near him and crawling up and just touching him. And the minute she touched his garment, she felt the power of God shoot through her body and she knew she was healed. But guess who else felt it? Jesus. And that's why he asked this peculiar question. In the middle of all this throng, this these multitudes of people around him, pressing in on him, the disciples said to him, what are you saying? Who touched you? Uh, hello? There's, there's loads of people touching you. You see this, this throng of people. They're all touching you. And he said, no. Somebody with faith touched me because I perceived power going out from me. Jesus felt the power of God shooting out of him. Just the same that the woman felt the power of God shooting into her body and flowing. And so she made a decision to come and tell him all. Because at this point they could have stoned her um, for, for coming into the, the, the crowd while she was hemorrhaging because that was an unclean thing to do. And so she she um, came before Jesus and she told him all. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of that affliction. The devil had afflicted that woman all those years of torment and pain and anguish that she had been through and isolation. You know, she was so isolated. She had to keep away from people all that time because she was not allowed to go near, you know, and, and um, affect them with her uncleanness as it was seen. And, and yet, when she took a step of faith and came to Jesus and touched the hem of his garment, she was completely healed. But she already had made her mind up that if she could only do that, she would be healed. And she spoke it out and declared it. You know, in the book of Job, it says, you shall declare a thing and it will be established. And our declarations, the things that we are speaking out of our mouths are so vital to uh, the kind of lives we live and the kind of fruit that we bear. Hallelujah. Let's read on and see the rest of this. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? Oh, these lovely, you know, uh, bringers of <laughs> bad tidings. Oh, 
Poor Jairus, your daughter's dead. Don't bother with him anymore now. Come on home, you've got to arrange a funeral. And I love what it says in the Amplified Bible. It says, and Jesus, hearing what they said but ignoring them, turned to Jairus and said, if you will only believe in me and have faith, don't be afraid, just believe. And that's what he said here to him in 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. You know, Jesus cut out the rest of them then at that stage. And he said, all of you, stay here. Peter, James, John, you come with me and Jairus. He brought the ones whom he could trust to stand in agreement with him. And there are people who are in your lives and God bless them, but they are speaking negative. They are doubting. They are unbelieving. They are, you know, they have no hope. They don't have any fear of God. They don't know God and they don't want to know him. And I'm not telling you that you have to cut them out, but you need to be very careful about what you speak out. Because if you're believing for healing, if you're believing for breakthrough, you need to make sure that you have somebody who will stand with you and who will agree with you in faith in Jesus name amen that's what if Jesus had to do it you need to do it we need to be careful about the the influence that we are under and listening to the news and listening to the media that is is grooming your mind for negativity and for fear and disaster Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and he saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. So the, the professional wailers, the Queena, as we call them in Ireland, were already there. And they were uh, wailing because this was a, a sort of a traditional thing they did at, at funerals. They wailed for the family. When he came in, he said to them, why make all this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. And get ready for ridicule. <laughs> And for persecution, if you open your mouth about what you're believing God for or what your faith is, that's the first thing that comes, is mockery and ridicule. They may not say it to your face, but they'll certainly say it and think it in their hearts or behind your back. But listen, praise God, (laughs) because greater is he living in you than he that is in the world. Amen? They ridiculed Jesus. But when he had put them all outside, he booted them out and got rid of them. Because you cannot allow fear and negativity and doubt and unbelief and mocking. You cannot uh, allow it in your home. You cannot allow it in your life where you are believing God for a miracle. And he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said, something should be given to her to eat. Praise God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is no respecter of persons. And whatever the situation that you are facing, friend, he is there with you, and he wants to bring uh, restoration and healing and deliverance to you. He's already done it. That's what he was doing at the cross. He was paying the price for your sins so that you could be made right with God, so that when you came before the Lord, you could uh, be washed and cleansed in his blood, and the devil would have nothing in you, nothing in common with you. He was paying the price when he was beaten and scourged at the cross so that you could be healed and made whole in your physical body, in your mind, and in your heart. 
And whatever it is that the enemy has brought against you, whether it is sickness, whether it is anxiety, whether it is lack and poverty, whether it is uh, brokenness or abuse or whatever the situation, listen, Jesus paid the price for you at the cross. He became cursed so that you could be set free. And today we're going to celebrate that. I'd ask you if you'd like to break bread with me. Just get a little piece of bread or a cracker or a biscuit and a little drink. And we're going to break bread together and take communion and fellowship with the Lord. And just pray, really, uh, pray for you, pray for our nations, pray for our government leaders, because they need prayer so much right now. They are facing uh, situations, um, decisions to be made, um, all kinds of influence of the you know, the enemy is, is, is pushing people to the limit. He's overwhelming people. He's bringing them to breaking point. And people need to be lifted up. They need to be encouraged. Uh, they need to be told the truth of the gospel in Jesus' name. You know, um, hallelujah. Just one last scripture, if you like, actually. Um, in Hebrews chapter 2. Just... Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. It's speaking about Jesus and how he became, uh, came as a human being in order to defeat the devil as a human being so that we could enter in to God's family and be reconciled with God and be made right with him and receive uh, his peace and his Holy Spirit inside of us who no foe can withstand the Bible tells us. But in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. There's a fear of death. Death there, that word, it translates to mean failure. And so, you know, um, financial um, disaster, you know, it's, it's failure of, of business or failure of, of jobs. Sickness is failure of health. Um, relationship breakdown. All these things. Jesus came to break that fear of death, fear of failure. Not just the actual physical fear of death, which many people have. And right now that's rampant, you know, because people are terrified of getting the virus, of being so sick and of, of dying. And it has really rocked them and overwhelmed them. But Jesus defeated the devil who held the power of death so that the fear of death could be broken over those ones who would believe in Jesus. And I say to you, he's saying exactly the same thing to you today, friend, as he said to Jairus. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Stop listening to what the world wants you to hear. Stop listening to what the devil wants you to believe. And instead, study God's word. Ask him, Holy Spirit, would you please show me and reveal your word to me today? And I thank you, Lord, for bringing a breakthrough for me. Whatever the situation is, you just thank him for it. 
Stop asking and asking and asking and asking. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? When is this going to change? When is this going to change? I challenge you today, friend, to turn around and point your finger in the face of the devil and say, you are defeated in Jesus' name. You have no more power in my life in the name of Jesus because the stripes of, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed because Jesus became cursed so that I could be blessed. Hallelujah. I have victory over you, devil, because I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who died for me and who loves me and who was raised from the dead so I could be made right with God. Hallelujah. That's what we're doing when we take the communion uh, together, friend. When we break bread, we are remembering. That's what he said. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. And when you take the bread, you remember that his body was broken so that our bodies could be healed. You remember that he took all that turmoil, all that anguish, all that fear. He took it upon himself so that we could be set free from it. And so we would never have to endure it. That's what the, pl- the cross was. The cross was a place of exchange. He gave us his beauty for our ashes. He gave us his joy Uh, His praise for our mourning, for our heaviness. He gave us his life for our sin and our death. And he took it upon himself so that we could live and so that we could be made whole. And rejoice and have his joy. Hallelujah. So take the bread with me today, friend. God bless you. Father, we just thank you today and we come together to your table. And we eat from your table today, Lord. And we take this bread together and we proclaim the Lord's Supper. We proclaim what Jesus Christ did for us when he was beaten so that we could be made whole. In Isaiah chapter 53, and it's also in 1 Peter 2.24, but I'm going to turn to Isaiah chapter 53 and read verse... He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. That word griefs means sicknesses, calamity, disease, and anxiety. Surely he has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows. Jesus carried your sorrows. That word sorrows translates to mean your pain, your anguish, your affliction, your mental and physical afflictions. He carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. You see, that's what they said when he was on the cross. They said, save yourself. If you are the son of God, save yourself. Why isn't he coming down? Why isn't he saving himself? They didn't realize this was God's plan of salvation. That his son, his perfect sinless son, would die in our place, in the place of all of mankind, for whoever would come to Jesus and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior could be made right with God. That was God's plan of salvation. But he was wounded for our transgressions. That word there, wounded, means he was pierced. So it was our sins that he took 
when they put those nails into his hands and his feet. And they didn't put the nails into the center of the palm of his hand, friend. They put the nails into just below his, um, the base of his hand, into his wrist, where the bone is. Because had they put the nails in the center of his palm, that was only muscular tissue, and it would have ripped, and he would have fallen down off the cross. The Romans were experts in the most uh, tantalizingly brutal and violent deaths. Jesus' hands were nailed to the cross, right below his wrist, just on his wrist there, where that bone is. The extreme anguish and pain that he went through. They put the nails in his feet and in his hands for our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. Those beatings he took, where he was scourged and whipped and beaten by three different battalions. That beating was for the healing of our bodies. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The chastisement for our peace, our shalom. That word shalom, it means complete soundness and welfare. In body, uh, in soul and in spirit, complete tranquility and contentment. And by his stripes, by the wounds he took on his back, we have been made whole. Let's take the bread. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me at the cross. And I pray today that you would give me a fresh revelation of how you suffered so that I could be healed and made whole. And I receive today healing in my physical body. I receive today healing in my mind, in my heart. Right from the cross where you suffered and I thank you that I, as I eat this bread today, Lord Jesus, I remember your death and your resurrection until you come again. Amen. You can take the bread now. And Father, you said in your word in the Passover, when you gave the instructions to Moses and the people of Israel to take that Passover meal, which is what Jesus was doing the night he took that last supper, you said a lamb for a household. And Father, today we pray that as we take this meal, that we are doing so for us, not only ourselves individually, but for all of our households, for all of those ones in our circle, our family, our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our neighbors, our friends, our work colleagues, all those ones that are in our circle of life. And not only that, Father God, but also those who are in leadership in our nation. In the name of Jesus, our government leaders, our prime ministers, our presidents. Father, we take this meal today and we pray, Lord, for your hand to be upon them. We ask you to bless them and protect them and their families. We bind up every attack of the enemy against them. We break the power of all confusion in the name of Jesus, that spirit of chaos. Father God, we break the power of all hopelessness and helplessness, all depression and oppression. We release today the anointing of the Spirit of God right from this table that we're eating from today. In Jesus' name, we pray, Father, for the glory of God to be released in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for your peace, Lord.
You said that if we were to pray for our leaders, that we would live peaceful lives. And that's what we do today, Father, in Jesus' name. Not only those in leadership in government, but even in our workplaces. Father, we pray for those in leadership in our churches. Lord, we ask you to strengthen them today. You give power to the weak and to those who have no might, you increase strength. We pray, Lord, that they would come to know you. We ask you to open their eyes and open their hearts to your word. And we pray, Father God, that you would send workers across their paths to preach the gospel to them, Lord, and to bring the word of salvation to them in Jesus' name. We praise you and we thank you today, Lord. We agree together. We curse the root of that COVID, that virus. In the name of Jesus, we break its power. And we pray, Father, for the people, Lord, all across this world, Lord. We ask you, Father, for mercy. Because, Lord, the, you know, this is what brings judgment, is sin and evil. But the Lord said, where sin and evil abound, my grace abounds even more. And we remind you of that word today, Father. And we thank you. You promised, Lord, to pour out your spirit on all flesh. You promised, Father God, that your young men would dream dreams and your old men would have visions. And you would pour out your spirit on your handmaidens and your servants alike. And we praise you and we thank you today, Lord, for the power of your precious Holy Spirit being released right across this nation, right across this world, Father, right across our families, our homes, Lord, for change. We speak change into the atmosphere. We speak, Lord, and we declare that people will worship the Lord and will see, Father God, the goodness of God in the land of the living. We declare today in the name of Jesus that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance, We declare today, Father, in Jesus' name, that we plead the blood of Jesus all around us and our homes and our families and our church family and all of their households, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus against every trace of that virus. We plead the blood of Jesus against every spirit of fear and terror that has been released. And we refuse to allow that thing access in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that we say we are strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. We say, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. We walk in divine health. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we have peace in our minds and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, because you are for us, God. And when God is for us, who can be against us? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the cup. Father, we come together today in the name of Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, to pour out your precious Holy Spirit And as we pray, Lord, we thank you that people, bodies, I speak right now, a release of miracles. I thank you for bodies to be healed. I thank you, Father God, for people to receive peace in their minds and in their hearts and freedom from every attack of the enemy. I break the power of every word curse that has been released against my friend, my brother, my sister in Christ. In the name of Jesus, I cancel out the word curses spoken over their lives. I cancel out every curse they've spoken out themselves, even about their condition or about their family or about their future. Father, I break the power of the spirit of death over them today and I release the anointing for life. Your word, Lord, is spirit and life and I release that life into their heart today in Jesus' name. I praise you and I thank you, Father. We take the cup together. Father God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me. And I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all of my sins. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are my friend, that you are my brother, and that I am now a joint heir with you in the kingdom of God. Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless my enemies. I forgive those people 
every one of them who have hurt me or my family in any way, I release them now and I break the power of all offense in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for setting me free and for saving me. God raised you from the dead so that I could be reconciled with him and made right and brought back into his family. And today I receive a new life because Jesus, your word says that I am a new creation in Christ. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for healing my body, my heart, my mind, and my life. And I give my life to you. And I ask you to use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. I proclaim your death until you come again. And I do this now in remembrance of you, Jesus. Amen. You can take the cup. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We bless your name today. We praise you, Jesus. We give you praise and glory. I thank you, Lord, for strength and health to flow now. And I release miracles. I thank you, Lord, for the healing power of the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you for uh, a good outcome for this, my friend, my brother, my sister. I thank you, Lord, for a change in their circumstances. In Jesus' name. I thank you for your solutions, Father for whatever situation has been facing them, Lord. I thank you that as they trust in you, I thank you for answers to their prayers, Lord, and the desires of their heart. And like we read in in Psalm 20, hallelujah, at the very beginning, I'll just read it. May the Lord grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. May you rejoice in his salvation and in the name of our God that you set your banner. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions in Jesus' name. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you, friend. Psalm 56 Be gracious to me, O God, for man would crush me. All day long he who battles oppresses me. All day long my enemies will crush me, for there are many who are arrogantly battle against me. In the day when I was afraid, I will trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, In God I have trusted, I will not fear. What can mere flesh do to me? Every day they twist my words, all their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps when they wait for my life. Should there be deliverance for them on account of wickedness? In your anger, cast down the peoples, O God. You take account of my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle, are then not in your book. In the day I cry to you, 
when my enemies will turn back. This I know, that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not fear. What can a man do to me? Your vows are on me, O God. I will complete them with thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, even my feet from stumbling, to walk before God in the light of the living. Amen. The ironic Blessing The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in Jesus' name. Amen.